My friend David has a drag alter ego named Kiki Swallows. And I have it on good authority that Ms. Swallows was at least part of the inspiration for the Scissor Sisters song, Let's Have a Kiki. David has a fun one-liner at the ready just in case anything goes wrong while he's doing drag. If ever I just so happen to stumble, trip, roll my ankle in my eight-inch stilettos and I'm laying there in the middle of the crosswalk and this giant drag queen just went down and attracted a lot of attention, everybody's staring so instantly my obvious reaction is to yell, everyone, it's okay. I slipped on my cock. (laughs) We're fine. And it kind of diffuses the situation, makes it seem like I kind of did it intentionally maybe, but... Either way, people laugh. And I assume half the time it's true anyway. Uh, Generally. (laughs) Generally. Don't want to be the drag queen that cried wolf. (laughs) That would be the worst. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Classic Kiki. And one day, I hope to write a book called The Drag Queen Who Cried Wolf. It'll be an instant bestseller. Drag, like anything else is a learning experience. And David has learned quite a bit over the years. Make sure to put sunscreen underneath your makeup or else you'll have some really crazy tan lines. (laughs) Has that happened to you? Absolutely. (laughs) Most years. Most years I have my corset bruises. I have a crazy tan line from whatever fake crazy eyebrows I've drawn on. And yeah, it's, it's good times and... Always make sure you have a recovery day afterwards. And that's just the beginning. Your drag battle scars have included um, bruising from corsets, weird tan lines. Oh, gosh. The list goes on. It's brutal. from corsets. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, people always ask. Blistered and bloody. Do those high heels hurt? Does that corset hurt? Are those four wigs stacked on top of your head heavy? And I say, how is this relevant? I look this damn good and you're worried if I'm comfortable. So yes, I bled. (laughs) Yes, I've had bruises and I have legit scars that are probably going into my grave with me. But I looked goddamn fabulous when I was doing it with my Miss Piggy snout and curly tail and size double D's. And and the scars are from corsets and shoes? Um, anything and everything. I I kind of wear my drag pretty hard. If you're a guy wearing a dress, you should A, not take yourself too seriously. And B, if you're putting on a dress, you better, you know, if you're doing it, you better do it seriously and go all the way. Why not? You know, you're a man in a dress. So I go hard on it. And if I'm in my drag for over like 10 or 12 hours, I'm going to be, I'm going to have bloody heels. I'm going to have broken skin where my natural waist is, where my corset's cutting in, probably have um, bruises where my wig is. Sometimes I'll use like medical adhesives that I have to remove with acetone. You know, it's, it's brutal, but you know, with becoming a woman, you know, comes pain. (laughs) It comes with the territory. The other voice in that clip is David's boyfriend, Curtis. We'll hear much more from David and Curtis throughout this episode. And the reason I decided to start out with a clip from David rather than a soundbite from one of the dozens of street interviews I conducted at the 2014 Chicago Gay Pride Parade is that the description David gives us 
of the wear and tear Dragon flicks on his body reminded me of the initial catalyst for the Pride Parade, which was the decision of some tough-ass drag queens to take on the NYPD. The global gay rights movement, as we know it, was born during the early morning hours of June 28, 1969, when drag queens and other members of the LGBT community stood their ground at the Stonewall Inn and beat the shit out of the New York Police Department. A large portion of the riot involved the big bad NYPD cowering inside a gay bar in fear for their lives as rioters outside made it clear they were no longer victims. And their actions changed the world. Every year since, at the end of June, pride parades have been organized across the globe commemorating the Stonewall riots. This year in Chicago alone, more than one million people took part in the festivities, and I tried to speak to as many of them as humanly possible. Welcome to episode eight of Sex with Strangers, Sex at a Pride Parade. I'm your host, Chris Soa, as always, and this episode features plenty of L. I hope you get to finger bang today. Oh, so do I. My, my fingers are like, they're right here. They're ready to go. G. You're getting a double interview. interview. Double penetration. What's your name? Chris. Chris, do you feel us yet? <laughs> B. I'm straight, and then when I get a little bit of liquor in my system, then all the lesbian comes out. T. I'm pretty exclusively uh, sexually aroused by women, but generally I describe myself um, as a lesbian, yeah, yeah. As well as a bunch of straight people? I'm not gay. I'm an undercover straight guy. Shh. And some folks who don't need no stinking labels. I think labels are dumb. I have a name, that's about it. That's the only label I go by, but whatever you want to call me, I guess. Play it like you see it. Oh, we don't ask that question. We don't count numbers. We just enjoy the screaming and the yes and the yes. Like that. Wow. <laughs> Believe in magic. Choose magic every day. Begin your day with magic and transform the world. I am a genie, the genie of the lamp, or the mirror. All right. If you can't tell already, this is gonna be a super fun show. Dude, there's gay people everywhere. I mean, every moment's a good moment. I don't know. Pass the mic. Throw that ass in a sock. Throw that ass in a sock. So, throw that ass in a circle, and please stick around. Wow. <laughs> Believe in magic. The imagery and associations, at least in my opinion, that are generally associated with pride are of scantily clad men and of male sexuality. And although that is a big part of the tradition. God damn, your balls are right there. Look at this mother. I see his ass cheeks and shit. Keep doing what you're doing. I used to only say that to girls, but I guess I'm gonna start saying it to guys. How, how many blowjobs do you think you've seen at Pride? Definitely one full-fledged, and then there's always the backside blowjob that you might recognize, and that's just where you see somebody tying somebody else's shoe. That might be a little bit weird, um, but definitely one where I've seen dick in mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, every, and a bunch of questionable other options. But that's not the whole story. 
or doing interviews. Think bad pussies. <laughs> Pride is also a great place for women to express and experiment with their sexuality. So men weren't the only ones there in barely existent costumes. One of the women we heard from a little earlier was topless, except for handprint pasties on her nipples. And though our conversation was incredibly short, it was one of my favorite interactions of the day because I loved her swagger and generally just blunt yet earnest demeanor. And what, what brought you here today? The fact that I'm gay and that I could hook up with any girl that fucking runs into me. Have, have, you, have you hooked up already today? Oh yeah, three oh. times already. <laughs> I've got, actually girls were saying, don't take a picture like that because my girlfriend's gonna get mad, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how that's gonna end up, but all I'm gonna say is that I was with some girls, their girlfriends might get mad. So, just just to clarify, by hookup, what do you mean? Uh, right now, just making out. So, so you made out with three girls. Yeah. Um, and is is has that been the highlight of, of oh, today's yeah. events? Yeah. I mean, if I could finger bang some chick, yeah, that'd be cool. But they're not gonna do that when they got a girlfriend. Just so you know. Well. I, I hope I hope you get to finger bang today. Oh, so do I. My my fingers are like they're right here. They're ready to go. Call me an optimist, but I have a feeling those fingers eventually made it to the promised land. This is the best party I've ever been to. 2014, baby. And I'm about to I'm about to finger bang this girl Stephanie right here. <laughs> Woo! Baby, she made it on Tutu. Yeah. And then of course there was the married drunken experimenter we also heard from earlier. I'm straight, and then when I get a little bit of liquor in my system, then all the lesbian comes out. So you have a husband, yeah. but you're going to be drinking and partying out here all night. And do representing think, for everybody else. Do you think you're going to hook up with any girls or make out with oh, anyone? Oh, yeah, he don't mind that. As long as it's no guys, he does not mind the girls. So have, have, you, have you kissed any girls today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, one person came up to me. Can I have a guy? I said, sure. Amazon is a young woman from Carbondale in southern Illinois which is a relatively rural environment. She identifies as bisexual and celebrated pride for the first time this year. My conversation with Amazon was a great reminder that despite all of the gay rights victories around the country in recent memory, the struggle for equality and acceptance continues even for bisexual women. Because I am bisexual and a lot of the time when you're bisexual you have to deal with um, not really knowing who you can and can't talk to. And so it was really nice to come out here and just, you know, be able to be yourself and talk to whoever you wanted to talk to. And, you know, no one was going to be offended because everyone who's here is either supportive or gay themselves. So I can't help but be taken aback by that sentiment that Amazon doesn't know who's safe to talk to. Because that sort of expression of fear and isolation just has no business existing in the 21st century. But the discrimination Amazon has faced since coming out is very real. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Um, like once I started coming out, like I think a lot of girls felt really awkward about it. Um, Cause I, I mean, I grew up in kind of a redneck town where that's just not cool. And here, you know, there are some um, prejudices here as well, but in general, like the bigger the area, 
the more exhausting it would be to be prejudiced against like racial orientation, religious, whatever. Like everyone's here, so it would be exhausting to be ignorant. I like that as a concept that it's exhaustion would play such a <laughs> such a large role that you know bigots just sort of they just get too tired to continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I like that, I, and I think there might be some there might be some truth to to that theory. So. If you know any bigots, maybe buy them a treadmill or secretly replace their coffee with decaf. And who knows? Maybe they'll come around. I think it's at least worth a try. The free expression of lesbian desires on display at Pride was both inspiring and overwhelming for Amazon. Well, what did surprise me is uh, the amount of times I had my ass grabbed was probably more than if I had been in a women's prison. So that by, <laughs> by men or women? By women. Okay, okay. Yeah. And how, how did you feel about that? You know, on the one hand, it's a little bit insulting. It's a little bit um, crossing some lines. On the other hand, like, I almost kind of liked it because it was like, that's not something you typically deal with just knowing that girls want you I guess like you don't know who's safe to talk to so it's nice to just you know feel like you're sexy feel like you're wanted I mean there would be nicer ways to show it but (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um that's that's interesting have so so you've definitely felt ogled by by women here Mm -hmm. and felt up by women has anything like that happened with men at all oh yeah not not here not here okay so not not at the not at the parade yeah but in the past it's always been men so i don't know it's an interesting little uh shoe on the other foot kind of deal because any guy who talked to me you know they liked my costume they thought it was cool but like they weren't interested (laughs) (laughs) i don't know and there's something a little bit less threatening when it's a woman than when it's man to me I can see that. So. But, but you're still conflicted about it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Amazon was dressed as Wonder Woman. And if you'd like to see what she looked like in her costume, go to sexwithstrangersshow.com, where I've posted a few pictures from my Pride adventure. Amazon wasn't the only person fondled by women this year at Pride who felt conflicted about it. Nigel, a straight friend of mine who... I randomly ran into and briefly interviewed in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. The Dunkin' Donuts parking lot is popping. Had a similar experience. Right when I got to the parade, a uh, girl grabbed my nipple, uh, like pinched it, actually, I should say. Um, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, but, and I've read about this. I've read about the idea of groping at Pride, where it's like, people think it's okay. It's like more of an allowed thing that happens. How did it make you feel? Although, you know, it's, it was two-sided. One is like, oh, this chick's grabbing my nipple, but the other part of me is like, like, no, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want that, you know? Yeah, it made me feel a little bit lesser. It made me feel a little bit less. I, I, and you're, are you being 100% serious? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. I couldn't tell, you, you had sort of your sarcasm face on a little bit. I, I think maybe I wanted to be sarcastic, but then I just decided to be t- totally truthful about it. So, yeah. Part of why I think that last clip was worth including is the awkwardness of it. 
Neither Nigel nor I knew whether to approach that topic seriously or in jest, because I think for both men and women, particularly bi and lesbian women and straight and bi men, being groped on the street by a random woman is conflicting. There's the novelty element of it. It's also kind of flattering and, you know, who doesn't love attention? For bi women, for instance, it lacks the threatening overtones that often accompany unexpected male attention. But as demonstrated by both Nigel and Amazon, for many people, it's still invasive. And so if you're a man, woman, or a person somewhere else on the gender spectrum, and you see someone you'd like to touch either at a pride parade or just shopping at Walgreens, get their permission first. This has been a public service announcement. And, you know, it's not at all surprising that there's kind of a looser attitude about groping at pride events when you factor in the very casual attitudes around nudity prevalent at these celebrations. And some of the ways... These attitudes get expressed are kind of surprising, actually. Tell me about your sign. Uh, well, originally, I wanted girls to flash me for t um, beading necklaces, but now I'm on a beat, so I just want girls to flash me. And I figured this would be the greatest festival to do so because of all the chicks. And I guess, I don't know. Ha has anyone flashed you? Yes. I lost count. It's like 10 or 11. Guys count, too. I'm not picky. Okay. I mean, I'm straight, but I'm not picky. <laughs> How many beads did you start out with? How many beads did we have? Like, Probably like 50 of them. Yeah, 50. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but only, only 10 flashers and you've given out 48 beads? We're not good at math. Being a straight guy at a pride parade can be a really good time, especially if you're not picky. What has been the highlight thus far? Uh, I guess making out with random people and boobs. Boobs are always the highlight of everything in life. How many people did you make out with? Just one. Oh, okay. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see how today plays out. <laughs> A girl, I assume? Yeah. And he's not the only one who cited breasts as the highlight of pride. I kiss this girl boobs over there. I only got away with it because I look gay. Tell me that story. What, what happened exactly? She had a sign on her boobs that kissed my tits, and I did it. And, I mean, I'm sure she didn't care if you were no. straight? Yeah, no, she's just loving everybody with her boobs. I, that's what this is really about. So pride is about loving everyone with your boobs. That's, that's what I just learned. If I had boobs, I would love you with them. When the girls was going wild and taking their tops off. How, like, did you see a, did you see a lot of breasts this year? I sure did, more than usual. More than, you, you think this was a breastier year? Yeah. How, how many prides have you been to? Um, I'm 20 years old, so I say four. Oh yeah, I seen tons of breasts today. <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking voluptuous. You just want to motorboat them motherfuckers. and booty everywhere. Booty, booty, booty rocking everywhere. Okay, never, let me just stop. Let me just stop, but yeah, there was a lot of booty around here. Pride is partially about self-expression. And one attribute a lot of people were eager to express was their confidence in their bodies. 
I can't describe it, but like the wrestling suit, but it was like just a gold chain, like going around their body. So it was someone just wearing a gold chain. Yeah, basically, basically around like top and bottom. It was hot. I liked it. When we came here, there was a girl and she was like completely naked, but like she was covered in paint, and it was like, it was awesome. Like, man, I'd love to do that one day. I saw a guy today that had this awesome furry green. <laughs> jacket and like these really round like sunglasses and he just was owning it. It was awesome. <laughs> I represent hardcore. Look at this. You're Gay. showing some skin too. Gay as fuck. I didn't even notice. Because um, I was looking in your eyes like a gentleman. Oh. I just looked in your eyes for the first time. Anything goes for Pratt. We had somebody all in a, in a purple costume with their face covered. Um, you see guys with booty shorts that were, his skin color was green. They were painted all green with some high heels. I was like, what the heck? I've seen a guy that was like six feet, five inches tall. He had heels on, a red tight shirt. I had to take a picture and Snapchat that one. That one was on my storyline. He was huge. I took a picture and I'm like all like this in front of him. <laughs> I was short. I was this guy, he had on a one piece, but his ass cheeks was out at the same time, holding his balls and his cock at the same time, so. It was a one piece where, so it ended above his private size. Yes. It was like a tube top, it was just. It's just an all one piece. Back out, ass cheeks out, holding the balls. <laughs> How would you describe what you're wearing? Very sexy and provocative. I'm a um, spontaneous person, so, you know, hey, I think my outfit is me. Describe those shoes for someone listening. Stilettos. Okay, so they're... they're like six-inch stilettos. They're, si they're six-inch stilettos. They're, like, red and, like, slashed, and you got your toenails painted. Mm -hmm. And then, is this, like, a Speedo? What, what would you call that? Actually, it's just a um, sequin panty. Okay, just a, a sequin panty. Uh -huh. You got the, the necklace and the nipple rings. Uh-huh, ruby. Something like a ruby, you know. Now, have have you worn this outfit out in public before, or? No, I just feel like in doing um, gay pride, you just open up and you just pretty much, this is the one day that you have the chance to, you know, do you and just basically be free. Therefore, so uh, I would never probably wear this out in public, but by being gay pride, yeah, I will because this is the one day that I can kind of like explore myself and um, put myself up out there. On the average day, no, you probably will see me and wouldn't know who, wouldn't recognize me. That last guy was Jason. And if you're curious what he does for a living, well. Oh my God, you'll never believe I drive trucks. <laughs> yes. I drive trucks. I can officially take seeing a truck driver in a sequined panty off of my bucket list. Thank you, Chicago Pride. So the pageantry and the costumes are fun and silly and inspiring at times, but they are also political. The Stonewall riots occurred 45 years ago which may seem like a long time, but modern anatomical humans have existed for about 200,000 years. So in reality, Stonewall was practically yesterday. In 1969 in New York City, not Tennessee, but New York fucking city, not only was drag illegal, but you could be arrested regardless of whether you were a man or a woman 
if you were not wearing at least three articles of so-called gender-appropriate clothing. That was in actual law. The NYPD doubled as fashion police. There also was a ban on serving gay people alcohol. Homosexuality was also officially a mental illness until 1973. You could be put into a mental institution. So when those first pride parades took place in New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago on the one-year anniversary of the riots, those participants marched in a very different political environment. So when I see Jason in his sequin panty, I'm inspired not by his confidence or fashion sense, but by what his costume represents. To me, it's a giant middle finger to the not-too-distant past and to all of those bigots who have shamed Amazon and others like her with their pre-Stonewall mentality. It's also a huge thumbs-up for progress and free expression and justice. It's amazing to think about how far this movement has come in the past few years. 19 U.S. states plus the District of Columbia have legalized same-sex marriage. Just over 10 years ago, that number was zero. In fact, when Barack Obama was elected president in November of 2008, that number was just one, Massachusetts. And though it's important to recognize and celebrate progress, it's also crucial that we acknowledge that the fight for justice is far from over. If you do the math, 19 states with marriage equality means 31 without it. And in 29 of those states, you can be fired just for being gay. We talked about employment discrimination against trans people in India last episode. And it's very well established that the trans community here in the U.S. faces a similar struggle. Though, I am pleased to say that the two trans women I was able to speak with at Chicago Pride were both gainfully employed. But, Judy the second of the two I spoke with, goes to work presenting as a man and is not able to live openly as a woman full-time because she believes that doing so would put both her economic security and physical well-being at risk. I'm not, I'm not full-time. I'm not full-time. But if you, and, if you uh, wanted to be uh, full-time, do you think there would be... Oh, no, I couldn't. Oh, no way, no way. Uh, I work in... I work in some of these neighborhoods around here. I work with people that come in that are, some guys come in that are like tugs in some areas like that. I could, my, my life could be in danger. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a problem. You, I couldn't do it. And there are a lot of, there's a lot of trans people, there are people that transition on the job, and but they work in big corporations and they work in, in offices and they work in, you know, in, in cubicles and they, they don't have to face the general public. I should mention that I'm planning on interviewing some trans men soon as well, so that that perspective is also represented on this show. Forrest, the other trans woman I spoke with, who is only 21 years old and is still in college, has had a number of jobs involving interaction with the general public and has also erred on the side of caution. Workplace stuff, um, 
you know, like I would like to wear makeup often, but I, I don't ever really. It's not worth the hassle, I guess, of people's um, not just stopping, but at work certainly. Like it would, um, you know, like I've done a lot of cashiering, and like it's just a hassle if the person you're bringing up is like trying to like see, like not so secretly, but they think secretly, you know figure out if you're a man or a woman or whatever. I mean, my voice kind of, kind of gives a lot of people a certain perspective or a certain assumption, I think. But you can balance it off with different secondary, you know, cues or tertiary cues. But Forrest is by no means part-time in terms of presenting her womanhood in public. But yeah, I wear a bra every day. Um, and I regularly wear tight jeans or like a, a long skirt depending on the weather. Um, I used to have big, long, curly hair um, and I have more of a, this pixie cut, um, which, you know, works both ways, kind of, you know, can confirm people's assumptions either way. I think the general public falsely thinks of all trans women as just being gay guys who like to dress up like women. That's, of course basically the definition of a drag queen not that all drag queens are gay i do not know of any who aren't but i'm sure there are exceptions and of course drag is about exaggeration if a drag queen gets mistaken for a woman she's doing something wrong trans women on the other hand identify as women whether they present as women or not it's a state of mind more than anything else and it's also relevant to note that if Forrest or Judy had a change of heart and resumed identifying as males, neither of them would qualify as gay. Judy is bisexual and Forrest identifies as a lesbian. I'm pretty exclusively uh, sexually aroused by women, but generally I describe myself um, as a lesbian, yeah, yeah. Forrest attends a small, very liberal college where she dates women. She's currently considering beginning hormone treatments and perhaps undergoing gender reassignment surgery. But the looming decision is a major trigger for anxiety. Um, for a long time, for definitely for many years, thinking about or reading about the idea of hormones or, and or surgery was too overwhelming with like, often trigger a panic attack, um, was caught up with images of mutilation, um, and was like, not nice too big of a question. I couldn't approach him for years and years. Um, and this past year, year and a half, um, I um, have gotten more approachable. They're still both big questions, but they seem like they're big, and they need to be addressed. I need to look at them now, as opposed to being the other too big. Ah, okay. You know, um, and so I... Um, I would love to start hormones this summer, by the end of August, but before I go back to school. Um, I mean, I think it would be good for me to start entering the job market and sort of hormones at the same time. I think that would be crazy. Um, and a lot of people probably say the same thing about starting your senior year, but like, you know, like, as I mentioned, like, my school's community is like the best place I could start that. Um, surgery still scares me a lot. Um, I have, um, part of me feels like if I, you know, doing hormones for a few years would like perhaps hopefully like confirm a lot, like reassure me in those fears. 
um, and then I'd have do surgery. I also have always had, not always, I've had a fear for many years and still do that, you know, it's possible I could wake up and look down and be like, oh shit, that's also wrong. And then I would really be fucked, you know? It's pretty easy to understand how this sort of decision can lead to quite a bit of anxiety. And when Forrest does eventually transition, I do believe she will be pleased with her decision. I do know that I do not, I'm not interested in living the, for the rest of the decades of my life um, with like hormonally grown breasts and like a biological penis like that. For some people it's great. But it's not for her. For many pre-op trans women, just having a penis is a cause for anxiety. And that certainly has been Forrest's experience at times. Ye yes, certainly like in high school, like the mirror was always like the bathrooms, like showering sucked. Like um, for all my sophomore year of college, I showered in the dark because it was just like less triggering. Um, and it's in this context that I was curious about her sex life. She told me that in her sexual fantasies, she has an anatomically female body. So having an anatomically male body during actual sex acts has to come with some baggage. Oral sex is like, I, I, I think, so certainly on some days when I get more pleasure eating a woman out than I receive, than I get, when I receive head. Um, and it's something that's like very, like affirming about like, interacting with with a body in that way. My like body is for your and like one essential location of that is genitals. Like that definitely like interrupts things sometimes like like no not tonight or you know, you know have the passion but the body doesn't listen. Um, kinda like how sometimes like, a, a guy can get a whiskey dick. Judy is considerably older than Forrest and is in her fifties or perhaps a little older. How many prides have you, have you attended? <laughs> 22. Wow. <laughs> I was curious what sort of changes she had witnessed over the past 22 years of pride parades. There's more, um, there's more commercialism. There's more, uh, there's, there's more organizations down here too. Uh, but I think that it's more, there's more corporate, uh, uh, corporations that have floats here because they're celebrating their diversity because they know that they want to, they want to retain those GLBT employees because they know that they're a valuable resource and that if they don't, they'll lose them to a, another company. I agree that's a major part of it, but I also think it largely has to do with having a corporate image that's on the right side of history. And it's great to see so many major corporations aligning themselves with the LGBT movement. Some examples from the Chicago Parade, just to name a few, are J.P. Morgan Chase, United Airlines, Facebook, Walgreens, Boeing, Pepsi, Chipotle, and even BP. You probably remember BP from that one time they tried to murder the ocean, but at least they're not homophobes. And it's not surprising that these companies are there, but if we go back to 1969, it's actually pretty remarkable. 
At that point, the Stonewall was New York's premier gay club, largely because it was the only one in the city that allowed gay people to dance with each other. It also, incidentally, did not have running water. And now, just a few decades later, even Pepsi. It doesn't get more mainstream or family-friendly than Pepsi, even if that shit is poison, and it is. Even Pepsi is waving a rainbow flag. As I said before, it's crucial that we acknowledge that the fight for justice is far from over, but there also was plenty of progress to celebrate, especially in Chicago, where the parade took place less than one month after Illinois became the 19th state to embrace marriage equality. And believe me, there was plenty of celebrating going on. Oh, I've been twerking since I got off the L on my baby. <laughs> oh my God, what? Music, what? buses, cars, People, costumes. Oh, fun. oh my God, the smiles flag. everywhere. <laughs> I convinced this girl to come out with me. She did not want to come out with me. As soon as we came out, smiles everywhere. It was just oh, the best time. The yeah, it's just the Everybody. atmosphere. The whole atmosphere is just fun. Fun, fun, fun. This is my second year and it's wonderful because everyone gets a chance to come out and be themselves, you know, no judgments. It's just wonderful. I love Pride. It's just wonderful. They gotta do it twice a year. I can't believe we're having a sophisticated conversation about the amount of ball sack that is hanging out of people's thongs. Tell him about that. He just got twerked. So today on the way here, there was a group of like 12 or 13 year old girls like that were wild out on the train for no reason. Like literally every single stop was like, oh my God, it's Monroe, yay, yay! Like it, the loudest people you'd ever imagine in your life. And I thought to myself, was like, okay. I don't think I've ever been that, that excited in my life. And these are girls that will probably grow up to be straight. Like there's no like, they have no reason to be excited except for the fact that, you know what? It's just a great day to relax and like everyone lives their life. That's it. Like it's not, yeah, it's just like no one, there's no judgment. And that's actually what the greatest part about it is. And you know, seeing that is just really refreshing. All different types of people, different walks of life celebrating like just the community. Like, and I, I just love seeing like the different floats, like just, just seeing all the different organizations who are accepting of this community. Basically, think about years in the past when it, this wasn't possible at all. And now we bat a boat. See, the healthy policy is no eating, only liquor. Only liquor. This is my third year at Pride. Third. Hey! You hear me? And I love it. They, this is the most fun I've ever had in a long time. I kind of missed the parade because uh, I was over there fixing my shoe. You should take a picture, yes. I look cute, don't I? It look great. Turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. <laughs> so what's what's been the highlight? Take a picture. <laughs> okay. That, right there. Lifting her in the air and having her taste her. This guy passed out in the middle of the street. He was on one of those uh, bike taxis. He fell off the bag and he said, fuck it. He was like laying there. And then some, a group of girls came and started twerking on him. That's only going to happen in Chicago at the gay pride parade. Nowhere else. Did they, like, was he hurt? Uh, I, I think so, but you know when a, a kid falls down and like busts his shit? If you act like all crazy, like, oh my God, are you okay? He'll start crying. 
But if you laugh, they'll start laughing too. It's the same thing. If I bust my shit off the back of a taxi and then I get twerked on, I'm gonna rub it off real quick. I hope you don't rub it off right there. Me. <laughs> Good one. I like this guy. Now, what was your favorite part of the prank? Um. Oh, but that twerk had to be something, right? The, the twerk is a highlight. Twerk hey. is a highlight. I just need to state for the record that twerking is not a valid form of first aid. Unless perhaps it's done by a doctor or other healthcare professional. As you can tell, like any other celebration, alcohol and drugs were a huge part of the festivities. The amount of people who are under the influence who will do anything and everything right now is ridiculous. How long is this gonna take? Like Really, because we're trying to get drunk. Good, let's okay. go. Okay, so re repeat that. We, we need to keep this short, why? Because we're trying to get drunk. And sometimes the excessive drinking at the Pride Parade, like any other place on planet Earth, leads to violence. I witnessed one pretty brutal fistfight involving what seemed to be two straight guys who were complete strangers. And I was not alone. Um, some people drink a little too much and get out of control. Can we, um, any examples of that come to mind? All these two people are fighting, a girl and a guy, and she just beat the crap out of him, and I don't know. And like when you're walking in the crowd and everybody's pushing, people get mad for no reason. So, okay, so the, this girl and guy are fighting. Do we know why they're fighting? No, I just walked up and they were fighting and stuff. And she just really beat the shit out of him? Yeah, yeah, pretty did much. Any, did anyone do anything about it? Yeah, the cops arrested him and stuff, but yeah. Both of them? Yeah. But but she, she got her punches in first. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> my foot was straight up broken by two Mexicans fighting each other. Two Mexican ladies. They broke your foot? They fucking broke my foot. Today? I can't even imagine how my foot is gonna feel tomorrow. Yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look great. And of course, in addition to fights breaking out, there's also the medical ramifications of excessive partying. And those were pretty evident by the sheer number of ambulance sirens I heard during Pride. My friend David, who you may recall from earlier. Everyone, it's okay. I slept on my cock. <laughs> we're fine. David told me by far the most alarming story of partying too hard I've probably ever heard resulting in an injury to a friend of his that no amount of twerking could ever fix. He was smoking cigarettes, smoking marijuana, drinking alcohol, doing lines of coke. I think popping pills and the acid, I believe, is what <laughs> was the key ingredient that made his lung collapse for the umpteenth time in a row. Um, I choose not to partake in all of these things at once, but... He certainly did. An ambulance was called, and luckily he survived to party another day. I applaud David's ability to avoid allowing someone else's self-inflicted medical crisis to completely derail his Pride experience. Obviously that's not my preference for how I enjoy Pride, so I make sure they're fully packed away in their ambulance and 
you know, their vitals are fairly steady, and then I go about my my own personal celebra- celebration. So you, you try to avoid ambulance rides during Pride? Generally, generally. Okay. Yeah, I mean, unless it's part of a float or something, maybe. I don't know. I could see something <laughs> festive there with the lights. And just like David, the million-plus people at Chicago Pride this year didn't seem to let the occasional fight or collapsing lung or fucked-up drag tan line ruin their celebration. It was a really great time, and though the general vibe felt more like a peace rally than the Stonewall riots, there still was a little bit of that militancy just below the surface. No one's gonna judge you here. No one. And if they do, I have something for their ass. I'm not gonna just sit there and be like, okay, you're gonna call me a faggot? No. I'm gonna kick your ass. I try not to make it that way, but it is what it is. Have you been in fights? Yes, many times. In the same people, way? yes, people attack me for being who I am. I'm not. I don't care. I'm not scared, and I'm not afraid of kicking someone's ass. You know, I was born and raised in Chicago, and you know what? Chicago has made me tough, and it's not all fine and dandy. People do come out and attack us. But I'm here, one of those fucking faggots that will be like, bitch, I'll fuck you up. And I'll tell you, bitch, you got your ass whooped by a fucking faggot. And I'm sorry I'm saying all that, but that's how I have to be. Because it's not fair. Is that good? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just had to say what I had to say. Is that cool? Yeah, thank you. I had a fantastic time putting this episode together. And I'm grateful to everyone who spoke with me and shared their stories. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Not that tuning was in any way involved. But I nonetheless appreciate you. We will be back in about a week with a show about financial domination and the girlfriend experience. I'm doing my best to keep my promise of releasing three shows this month, but if... The next episode ends up dropping on August 1st. I hope you can find it in your hearts to forgive me. Special thanks to Sean Payne and Louis DeMeo for all of the technical work to get this show into your ear holes. Our theme song is by Ben Jordan the Flashbulb. Find more of his music through benjordan.com or theflashbulb.net. David, a.k.a. Kiki Swallows, is an amazing photographer and makeup artist, and you can learn more about his work at davidiangrant.com or find him on Instagram and Twitter at davidiangrant. I will see all of you Power Bottoms for Jesus next week. Okay, well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. It's been a marvelous kiki. <laughs> Does this count? Does this count? It, as yeah, a kiki? we kikied it up, absolutely. Well, we don't have a smoke We're machine. Right? Oh. oh, yeah, you need a smoke machine generally. Believe in magic. Choose magic every day. Begin your day with magic and transform the world. Throw that ass in a circle. Throw that ass in a circle. Throw that ass in a circle. Hey, If I had boobs, I would love you with them.